0: Welcome to Crossfade, the doing album review show about expanding your musical horizons. I'm your host, Matt Helgeson, and my partner in crime, Jason Daphnis. How are you?
1: I'm okay. How about you, Matt? I'd say I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Back Where behind the Yeti. Yeah, uh, you know. Mom's spaghetti.
0: <laughs> Just slaving away behind the Yeti once again <laughs> in, the con- in the content minds. Um, <laughs> yeah, winter, winter can kind of go away. That's the only thing I'll Boy, say. Boy, I'm
1: looking at a black sky, and it's like 630 right now. It's beautiful, yeah. beautiful, mm. dismal,
0: gray, love <laughs> it. Um, but you know, what wasn't dismal and gray, Jason, was the uh, album that we're going to listen to today. Um, when we came back uh, on our introductory kind of little teaser uh, before we uh, came back last week or last time with Dan Reichert, uh we talked about we wanted to try to do some new things to try to involve uh, the listeners in the community a little bit, and so um, we are doing that today um mm-hmm. we we uh put we kind of had nominations from the um community and we pulled uh i think was it five options four options We pulled five. four options total four options it was,
1: yeah J- it came down to jay-z amy winehouse frightened rabbit and the strokes i don't know how you get more like strange or diverse than that
0: yeah and then we pulled it on twitter and the strokes rose to the top so we are going to be talking about their um kind of iconic debut album this is it um from 2001 uh so jason uh you would have been pretty young when this came out um did you have much memory of the strokes or just here and there no, this
1: this was september right september of 01 i think um i would have been eight years old so no i wasn't really in a <laughs> position to be making my own music listening yeah, decisions yeah. Uh, I was really just listening to The Beatles' one and The Doobies' Greatest Hits' CD one, uh, because that's what my mom had in her car. Yeah. But The uh, Doobies but, but, were
0: the, s- the strokes of their day.
1: It, you know, this is a take <laughs> that I'm willing to pursue if you're willing to, to dedicate an hour to it. Uh, oh, yeah. No, but by the time that I started listening to The Strokes, it was, I think, I forget what year it was, actually. It was like 2010, 11, whatever that was, when they came out with Angles. Oh, yeah. Um, which, that's a pretty sick album, and I just that's- never... I gave it the time of day to like go back to their discography, but I heard the singles from this record and uh and always sort of like ascribed them one of those like oh it's one of those vaunted musicians acts that I'm just you know I'll get around to eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty nine years old I still didn't really get to them.
0: Huh, that's wild knowing ankles and that this one is kind of a very reverse strokes fandom. Uh a little bit. I'd also say if you like this one, the next one Room on Fire is very good. And that had okay. reptilia. I don't know if you remember. Reptilia was a really oh, fun. Oh, is
1: that the one that goes da 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 uh,
0: Rock band one. That was yeah, a really yeah, fun yeah. rock band song. So the the second one I thought is is really really good as well. Um, so yeah, this is kind of interesting for me because you know obviously I was aware of them at the time, and uh, it's it's cool when you come back to things that were sort of you know it, there was a sort of a whole thing with the Strokes, right? It was like. Uh, You know, in the shadow of 9-11, it was kind of like this new, like, hipster New York with, you know, Brooklyn kind of becoming this hipster enclave. And you had, you know, drugs and parties and, like, the electroclash scenes, like Peaches, Scissor Sisters, like, LCD Sound System, DFA, and -hmm. then bands like Interpol, Rapture, Strokes, and just basically, like, a lot of kind of, like, young people just doing a lot of drugs and being in bands and stuff. So it was sort of like this whole cultural thing that was sort of happening in new york there's actually a book uh, that just came out uh, i think it's the oral history of that era called meet me in the bathroom that i kind of want to read hmm. um but uh yeah so at the time it was just this very like they had a ton of hype coming out and it was sort of like i don't know if you saw some of that stuff with big thief like this week online on twitter
1: like uh just, what are you referring no
0: Uh just people were kind of like shitting on big thief and then people were defending big thief and you know what yeah I, you know it's just like anytime a record has a lot of hype like that you know uh so we the, just
1: can't let a good thing be good we just have to like no. take it down a peg whenever it's good enough
0: no yeah i mean I, I'm, really, I'm really i'm really enjoying weird the target enjoying the new record
1: about that's big sick thief.
0: um but they were just they were a very hyped band so anytime you have a ton of hype and they got really hyped in england which like england kind of i think hypes bands in a different way a more like crazy <laughs> what, what way. What do you mean? Um, English Music Press, I think, is just kind of more prone to, like, sort of, uh, hyperventilating about the next great rock band kind of thing, always. Um, and it's just always been like that, uh, over there. So, you know, there was a lot of just strokes, strokes suck, strokes are great, strokes are overrated, Hmm. you know, and so it was, it was cool for me to kind of, like, come back to it years later. I haven't really listened to this album forever. And just kind of enjoy it as like a record without all the sort of baggage attached to it at the time. Is um, is
1: just nobody really talking about this record anymore. Everybody's just accepted that it's sort of a, a classic.
0: Um, I mean, I I don't know. I just I guess I don't hear people talk about the strokes a whole lot anymore. Um hmm. but you know, but they had a new album like last year, I think some people liked it. I didn't really check it out. Hmm. Uh so yeah, anyway, the strokes, they were kind of um another thing too is they were like the ultimate like rich kid band. So that, I think that contributed to it as well.
1: Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I want to make some comparisons to um, Vampire Weekend later, and those are probably going to line up pretty well. well.
0: Yeah, they were a little more, like, preppy and less, like, druggy rocker. Mm-hmm, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they basically, like, they all met at the Dwight School, which is a super prestigious private high school uh, hmm. in New York. And, like, literally, like, everyone from Truman Capote to Paris Hilton has gone there, right? So it's really Whoa. the... Manhattan upper west side elites uh Julian Casablanca's dad was um John Casablanca's uh he founded elite model management and he was basically like that agency kind of created like the supermodel like, so they had Cindy Crawford hmm. and Stephanie Seymour and Giselle and, you know, Whoa,
1: like so, the concept of the industry of the supermodel.
0: I think so. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was before them, but you know, they, he was a hugely successful manager in the modeling world. Um, sure. and, uh, founded a huge company that's still huge to this day. Albert Hammond Jr. His dad was Albert Hammond, who, um, was a songwriter to many kind of famous artists. He also had a solo hit, uh, called it never rains in Southern California hmm. back in the, um, in the seventies. Um, but, yeah, basically they all met, you know, at this sort of really prestigious prep school. And so I think that had something to do with it as well. Because, I mean, they really truly were kind of like, you know, spoiled rich kids living out their rock star fantasies, you know. Right. Um, but, you know, it worked. Uh, <laughs> so so anyway, um, yeah, I'll be curious because you, you probably just were oblivious to that hype to begin with. And now it's been so long for me. Um, yeah. That, uh, but maybe we should uh, let's just start with uh, the title track. Uh, I think this is one of the better songs and it really kind of stakes out what they're about. I think pretty clearly, another thing I think too to consider it like the time this came out was um, you know you're really coming out like the new metal era and all that kind of yeah like, I was gonna say know.
1: like what elements of <clears throat> new metal grunge and like the predominant 90s rock sounds found their way into this or I don't was think it like any. a rejection of it
0: yeah I think it was sort of a rejection of it you know because it's like this is uh-huh. so like kind of like it's not super heavy it's very oh by the yeah. way hold on Nikolai Frater this there's a lot of great bass parts in this song
1: Oh yeah, I'm glad you brought that up.
0: But I love this kind of bouncy thing that he does with like a lot of intervals and arrests and stuff. It's mm-hmm. very melodic, and I don't know. Sometimes he almost reminds me of like Motowny kind of bass lines, like in that Yeah, definitely the like together.
1: a Jamerson thing going on.
0: Yeah, he's really and he, but he does a lot of really straight stuff too when it calls for it. But they're a very simple band in a lot of ways. But I really, he's very, I, I, I guess I was noticing that more um, than I probably did before. Is just how how uh, just really good, tasteful and melodic bass player that guy is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, and the other thing that I think it right away establishes, like, um, it has a very distinct sound. You know what I mean? Like, everything's really compressed into that kind of Mm -hmm. mid-range. Nothing's... Like, the drums don't sound big. They sound kind of small. Like, the vocals are kind of, like, almost a little distorted, like, almost like a phone kind of effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, So to me, it was kind of just really felt like a new thing that was, like, you know way different than the kind of real macho like either grunge or like
1: new hmm. metal stuff you know and uh did it like I- I've got some questions that'll lead you down a longer path I think later but like Did it remind you of anything that came before the new metal grunge movements? Like, is there any power pop in this? I guess is what I'm really asking.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think some people hear some television in it, you know, in parts Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the guitar stuff, um, which we've done. Uh, We covered with Matt Sweeney on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Velvet Underground and Lou Reed, I think, is like always a big thing in that kind of New York kind of hipster thing. Um, Yeah. The other thing, too. So, yeah, I did. So this is weird because I saw them. I might have told this story before. uh, Matt Cato. Former guest on um, Crossfade, former game and former editor, uh, we actually saw them very early, um, probably their first national tour. They were opening for a band called Doves, uh, okay, a really great English band. They have an album called Lost Souls, so It's a really great, a great record. Um, mm. So they were kind of like, and I think the hype was maybe out in New York and the coast, but it hadn't really reached like the cornfields yet. Um, so we had no <laughs> fucking idea who they were, and they clearly like were expecting like I think that their, their name preceded them a little bit more than it did. So they just got a weird attitude. Like the, the crowd wasn't hyped enough to see them. Um, but at the time, which I, is kind of weird, but I, I sort of hear it in certain parts they sort of, I remember telling kind of like, yeah, they kind of almost remind me of like this, like New York kind of S- the Smiths or something like that. Um, hmm. cause they had the kind of like, like kind of fiddly guitar parts. And, um, and it, sometimes his vocals remind me a bit of Morrissey, like some of the melodies, uh-huh. Um so that was kind of what I took away and yeah, he <laughs> they were kind of I don't want to say dickish, but they definitely seemed like arrogant, <laughs> like they knew which is, that could be a good thing, you know, like they they thought they were a big deal, like even when they're opening the Seventh Street entry for like, you know, hundred and seventy five people. Right, right. And uh and Julian then after the show, like this I think this is the one I told, but um he was just loaded. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> And and so you've been in the 7th Street Entry. For those that don't know, 7th oh, yeah. Street it. Entry is a little side kind of punk club that's off, you know, First Avenue, which you the big room, which you know from, like, Purple Rain, Prince, all that. Uh, entry's always where the kind of the punk bands played. And if you're looking at the stage right, or the, the right of the stage, there's sort of like three little or four little steps that go up to the bar. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a merch table right there, usually. And so I was coming up to go to the bar, and he was coming down. And like Julian Caselin's like tripped because he's so fucking wasted. And like it's almost like a you know in like a Hong Kong movie, like the slow motion thing, and he like kinda of fell into me. I'm like <laughs> no. and I'm like pushing him away and somebody like catches me and is propping me up and like he's literally like his cigarette is just poised like inches from my nose. Like <laughs> and if it would have gone wrong, like I totally would have got burned like in the face. <laughs> uh by Julian's uh cigarette. So that was that was memorable as well. But yeah, they definitely ever... made an impression though. I mean I guess yeah. I didn't think they were gonna be this huge thing, but I was like, that's a pretty cool band. I'll check that out, you know so
1: And this was but, what, was this pre is this it or was this uh
0: the album after wasn't that? out yet I don't think. I oh, think they really? might have had a single but I probably wasn't even aware. Um I think they this modern age might have been a single mm. before. Um but yeah anyway, I guess we could hear this modern age and, and kinda talk about that. That's another um I think a, a good song.
1: Sure. Straight from the top. Yeah. I don't know if it's his, his, they're like the chords that they choose or if it's like the positioning or if it's the, if it's everything that comes together. But like, I kept getting like, tell me if this is insane, Elvis Costello vibes from this music. Is, I could is see that, that a that. thing?
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I don't know either of those groups. Especially the early, early, like, Elvis Costello
1: stuff. I'm thinking literally of, so, uh, dear listener, we listened, or excuse me, we talked about the exploding hearts on this podcast with Mike Park of Asian Man Records, um, and it's, that's a banging album that's, like, classic power pop, and Matt put together a Spotify playlist of, like, exemplary power pop for people like me who just don't really understand the genre, um, and that is what I'm referencing when I say, uh, like, the Elvis Costello of it all, is, like, that tone, like, the typically power poppy um elvis costello just like driving beat and catchy melody and really like uh, fun guitar parts that's what i mean when i say yeah, that
0: yeah like, no i i guess you definitely like especially the first couple elvis costello records and then yeah yeah, yeah there's like also the band wire maybe um from email you know, they weren't hmm. necessarily power pop but they were kind of like a post-punk band that was very sort of like short and um
1: mm-hmm.
0: sort of simple and efficient you know um, yeah yeah. So like here, this is very Morrissey to me. Like I can hear Morrissey, like do, 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 yeah, you know, kind of thing.
1: That kind of whiny. Th- I mean, I don't want to call it whiny think, because that's derogatory, but like a little bit whiny.
0: Yeah, kind of crooning, you know, sort yeah, of yeah. like. Uh, and you know, neither of them being like I think they're both really effective vocalists, but actually, I want to bring this up. I think I think Julian Casablancas is a great vocalist. He's not necessarily a great singer. Um, Great way
1: to put it, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? But he, like, within what he can do, and I think, I really like just the way they produce the vocals, like, everything's a little bit in the red, kind of, like, distorting a little bit.
1: Yeah, Um, and yet not, like... I guess when I think about music from um when I was too wee to listen to it I was I'm thinking of like the loudness war that sort of consumed popular music mm-hmm. and this doesn't really fall into that despite having like that like you said the compressed sort of mid-range stuff and his vocals fall right in there that whole like half radio effect half gainy like almost clippy yeah. type stuff um for me that really works and I think it's like you said because it it's good uh, vocalizing it's not necessarily great singing like it has that effect, that gainy effect, has a, has the effect of like removing dynamics from his voice, and some of the yep. parts that might appear weaker if you had better quality or like a truer tone to the to the voice. Um, it, it makes it sound a lot more punk than it probably really is, yeah. and I think that works in a big way.
0: Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, this is kind of an. This is very deliberate, like how it sounds. This is kind of like the you mm-hmm. know a million dollar garage rock record, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think this was recorded in, like a really good New York studio. So like they're, you know, they kind of almost going for that four track cassette kind of thing, but it's like yeah. also hi fi at the same time. It's not really lo fi. Um, yeah, so I thought I just that was one thing that I noticed about them right away when I heard it, was just like the record just sounded different than things that were going on hmm. at that time or right prior to that which is you know i think kind of holds up for me that that just the sound um yeah of the whole thing uh is, is was very unique at that time and um you know i was even thinking about you know the drum sounds on this record i think are super influential that almost like where they, they're so compressed it almost sounds like kind of a drum machine or clicky at times
1: and yeah i think there you track hear that, that a lot in like, that shows up uh like is, is there a track that shows that off particularly well
0: yeah, this is hard to explain. This even may be like a mix of drum machine and live drums, but this is like that really like compressed like kind of thing that they got, where there's almost like no dynamics around the drums. Mm-hmm. So this could be him like super filtered and compressed, or mm-hmm. but like Albert Elf- El- Hammond also is a great guitar player, just melodically, I think.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about your opinion on that, um, because there are, like, the the guitar work, like you said, reminds me a lot of uh, television, where it's, like, kind of, like, twinkly at times, and just very, like, melodic. Every every note is, is uh, you can pick out everything, sort of, like, there's no just big noise. Um, but some of the guitar solos don't really work for me on this record. I don't know if it's because they don't fit, or if I'm just not attuned to his playing style. Uh, is this like an exemplary guitar record? I mean,
0: I agree with you about the solos, but I like—I think it's a great guitar record for more like, like what he's doing now. This kind of counterpoint melody and stuff to the vocals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that little thing. Like he has a lot of catchy little lines that I think are more integrated into the song. While well, um, who's the other guy? Is that? Uh... Nick Valencia, the rhythm, he tends to just play like kind of really fast chords and then Hammond tends to do sort of like melodic stuff over that.
1: But yeah, Yeah, I agree that the
0: the solos generally are pretty short and just maybe like a, I don't know if they're even solos so much as like just a couple of riffs. He kind of like repeats a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I think that's, to turn that into a positive, I think they like sort of knew where the selling point of a lot of this music was going to be. And it is in like the catchier guitar, like repeated guitar riffs. Um, the really jumpy, like, sock hop type drums, um, that just bring joy whenever you listen to them, and, uh, sort of the, um, I don't know, like those lazy vocals, right? It's, it's iconic. They're, they're distinct. They're not, like, melodic. You're not going to remember the melodies of the voice more than you're going to remember the the vibe of the song. Um, but like, instead of saying we're going to have the rippinest guitar solos, we're going to make the most NYC sounding rock record of all time, we're just going to make it, like, good, solid... Yeah Straightforward
0: Yeah and I mean Also like if you don't like the solo It's probably not more than like 15 seconds long either <laughs> Yeah So yeah, that's a good point. It's not like it's taken up You know like Led Zeppelin live album stuff Or anything <laughs> Yeah and just like I don't know Just The way they layer Just really simple parts Is cool
1: mm-hmm.
0: But yeah I don't know it just It just seems like a very like like, you're living in a big city, kind of hip, you know, kind of, like, whatever. Like, a very hipster record, you know? Yeah, yeah. In a good way.
1: A lot of it is very, like, walking pace. None of it is super frenetic, but it's all, uh, I guess, energetic.
0: Yeah, very much so, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> from what I understand, you know, like, uh, there was a lot of speedy drugs being done, you know, <laughs> so probably some speed and cocaine that, you know,
1: So maybe they were playing to the audience, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I think so, or themselves, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, Is that um? So when I, whenever I envision Julian Casablancas, I just envision like kind of a a sopping wet, like albino rat with sunglasses on. He just always kind of looks a little bit like a controlled mess. Is that is that part of what people think about when they think about this this band?
0: He was kind of a little doughy, baby. You know, not totally doughy, yeah. but yeah, he'd be always. You know, they they looked like a rock. You know, they looked like a rock band for sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, like they had the leather jackets and tight jeans, and you know, mm-hmm. very carefully curated um secondhand store clothes. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, classic. Like, if you
0: see the picture of the Strokes, you're like, wow. Like if you saw him walking down the street, you'd be like, are you in a band? Like you look <laughs> like you're in a band. You know what I mean?
1: Well, the way uh, you're describing them is, like, that <sighs> is that is part of it, right? Is that they wanted to announce themselves. They wanted to be a little bit like that almost postmodern, like, we look a little bit like 1950s rockers with, like, the the the, the, the greasy hair and the sunglasses and the leather coats, but without, like, that sound, with more yeah. of, like, a, a, a poppier sound.
0: Oh, yeah, and Albert Hammond Jr. kind of has, like, a very vintage, like... 70s white guy kind of afro thing a little bit going on like Wait, a big what? puffy curls you know what i mean like that kind of not afro but you know what i mean like right, right. that kind of very oh, 70s like kind
1: of like dylan hair yeah 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 totally, yeah, totally, yeah. Totally,
0: yeah in that vein so they they were they were all like one thing i would say about the the strokes is a band and i, I mean i think it, it worked for them but um these were clearly guys that, like, had grew up very cultured, you know what I mean, and, knew, and probably knew about a lot of cool bands at a very young mm-hmm. age and works, you know, they lived, I think they all basically lived on the Upper West Side or Manhattan, so, you know, I'm sure they went to shows at, like, 15 that were something that you and I, just being, you know, rubes from the Midwest, could, you know, not imagine going to, right? Right, right. So, they, I say overall, I see them as a very studied band, right? Like, they definitely knew a lot about rock history, they kind of knew a lot of the iconography of people like Lou Reed or Dylan or, you know, just they knew how to present themselves in that kind of almost classic, like rock star way. Right. And right. It was very, they, knew, um,
1: they knew what to ape when they had to.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, okay. and um, and, uh, oh, I, well, speaking of aping, uh, I'm mm. sure this is a song that stood out. This is kind of, I think this is put them on the map, but, uh, I do love that, um, for all their really hip kind of musical references that they really did get big by ripping off, um, tom petty who's uh you know about as midwest heartland as you can get or Mm -hmm. southern uh but yeah last night which i'm i don't know if you noticed it it's just american girl
1: oh my god
0: like play it now like now that i say that play the play last night from the beginning it's it's absolutely
1: yeah i'm a fool i did not notice this i didn't think about this
0: it's totally Oh, she was in America. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. Raised on promises. <laughs> wow. Isn't that wild,
1: though? Like, that they is... T- <laughs> yeah.
0: And now it goes into a different, unique thing. But Yeah.
1: Um, and now I feel like I'm coming back from my tour in Da Nang and, listen, and, like, hitting the sock hop with my, with my fresh gal sort of thing. Like, it's just way... <laughs> t- I don't know.
0: I think you got you're, you're mixing up all your my stories. wars are all screwed up. I don't up. think there was sock hops Like I got
1: back South. from Korea in 1922. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I,
0: I know Jimmy. Yeah, this has a this has a very no, this has a kind of a very classic. I mean, they do have certain elements I know of, like real like 60s kind of bubble gum or like 50s kind of
1: yeah yeah.
0: You know. Like I, I know what you're saying. It's like it's very classically structured kind of stuff in some ways, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. the verse to this song. That maybe the chorus quite so much. But like kipa, this, kipa, totally.
1: Kipa, 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 kipa. That, that just that.
0: So, but I mean, yeah. Elvis-y almost.
1: Exactly. Uh, like you drop it down an octave, it's it's a crooner.
0: I also um, I want to point out that Casablanca is also a really great um, a tour of. Um, Really cool sounding nonsense.
1: Okay, like, I, explain that because I was looking up the lyrics and didn't didn't find myself struck by them. Do you just mean that they're mundane?
0: I mean, they're just, like I don't. This is like the chorus to this is like, uh, was it your you one understand? Girlfriends you won't understand in spaceships. They won't under, It's like it makes it, means, it makes no sense. Basically,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, people, they don't understand. No girlfriends, they don't understand. In spaceships, they won't understand. And me, I ain't ever, never gonna understand.
0: True. Yeah. You know, True. Yeah. words have never been. You know, I was gonna
1: like, say me. Sometimes I feel like even if I were in a spaceship, I wouldn't really understand. Yeah.
0: But I don't know. Just the way he delivers lines is kind of catchy. It just makes you think it's cool. You know, even though yeah, not, it wouldn't be. I don't like reading lyric sheets in general because of that reason. But um, this would seem a really bad band to like read along to. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, expand uh, on that. Is it just like it takes some of the magic out of the marriage of melody and yeah and libretto? I think so.
0: Yeah, I think so. I just feel like lyrics. I, I mean, there's, I mean, there's there's a few that I think would stand up. You know what I mean to me on on paper. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody like uh, uh, Leonard Cohen. Maybe. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. But he was he was also very much always felt like he was put like he was putting a a poem that he wrote to like music. Almost Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. like it, it always felt like it maybe existed as a a poem before it was music kind of thing. But I just don't think a lot of rock band lyrics like look that great on the page when you really like parse them out, you know? I I would agree. Yeah. Um, so, well, I should, what, what, uh, is there any other ones that stuck out to you?
1: Uh, I was gonna say, uh, hard, do you listen to, um, (laughs) parquet courts or do you know of them? They're another,
0: like, yeah, parquet.
1: Parquet. Cool. Is it parquet? So I, I was pronouncing it parquet for the longest time. Yep. And I think somebody corrected me to parquet.
0: Nope. So they now, wrong.
1: I am, I am uh, a fool. Uh, but okay. Parquet so-
0: courts are like it, the, the Boston Garden where the Celtics play have a parquet court. If you're, it's like a basketball court.
1: They're
0: like, you know, usually the wood runs like end to end lengthwise. Mm-hmm. Parquet courts is sort of like they're squares of like. They'll run one way and then another square that'll run another way.
1: Uh, kind of like okay, a pattern, okay.
0: like wood floor, hardwood floor.
1: Basically. Okay. Okay. This makes
0: sense. I just don't because of the Celtics, basically. That was always a sure. famous thing.
1: Well, me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, You're sport, a
0: your sports buff.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I'm all up in the uh, uh, end zone. The Hard to Explain was like one of the songs that I was going to compare to them just because it's very like NYC. We already listened to it, but very like indicative of in my little knowledge of nyc punk and generally like regional yeah. punk it's very much that and their their th- whole thing is that obviously uh parquet courts is very much um you know that vibe like it, but if they were made 20 30 years ago they're just sort of making it today um i, I love that band uh,
0: yeah they're great i i was gonna say i really um there's not a ton of like big indie rock bands i'm super fond of anymore and like they would definitely be one of the ones i think is pretty i think i feel like they bring a lot to the table
1: yeah for sure Parquet chords uh, parquet Courts. Just gonna say it one more time to cement it in my head. There, Parquet Courts. Um, uh, on trying your luck, which is let's see, that is almost almost the last track on the record. Um, trying your luck. I really like the dynamics of the production in this one. We were just talking about how everything's kind of squished to the middle for much of the record, but I feel mm-hmm. like the highs and lows, the mix and balance of this track, trying your luck in particular, um, sort of like negates that in a way. I think there's a, a lot of good space in this one. Uh, it's, let's play a little bit. I think right off the bat you hear it in the bass, like you mm-hmm. hear a lot more low-end than you did yes, in other tracks. Yeah, you do honest.
0: And I, I just love how these two guitar players just coordinate. Like, they're very simple parts, but mm-hmm. the combination of the two parts is really cool.
1: Yeah, and while this is a recording, I'm not sure that they were playing this live, like just being that in the pocket with those two different things makes them just peanut butter and jelly you know like they feel like one part rather than two dueling things or like you described counterpoint between the excuse me the lead guitar and the voice there's not that between the guitars they like they sound like the same instrument at times
0: yeah i would my memory is that they were really tight live yeah i mean i never saw them like in there you know i'm sure they probably got better once they toured more and started headlining and things but i remember them being very like they weren't sloppy they were they were, like, on point, for sure. The band yeah. was really on point.
1: I think it's um, "Undercover Undercover of Darkness, which is a song from Angles. It was one of the first songs that, like, when I was learning to play bass, I wanted to get right and, like, nail. And that song, while the notes aren't, like, crazy, it kind of moves in a very interesting, fun pattern on the, on the fretboard, um, mm-hmm. like the main riff of that song. And I was like, these guys have to have, like, everything nailed down. So finally, I finally watched... A live performance of that song, and they do. They just sound super tight. Like everything is right on, at least instrumentally. Um, I won't lie and say that Drew then Casablanca's his vocals get better live. <laughs> he has <laughs> yeah, a little bit of trouble yeah. hitting the higher stuff uh, when he has to, but the, you know they have fun and musically it's inarguably just like well put together. They're in the pocket with each other.
0: Yeah, I always thought they were. Yeah, they were a good band in, in, in the in the classic sense of like yeah guys that know how to, like, tailor their parts to the other guys in the band and how they play. hmm um, And um, he's good at coming up with these kind of, like, soaring choruses, you know? Like,
1: Yeah. And I wonder if there's a necessary relationship between the nonsense and like the how well the, the vocals work because like you said he's never singing about much in particular pointed um, actually there's one song on here that's actually about New York City cops it's a little bit pointed <laughs> I,
0: yeah we should get, yeah, <laughs> yeah we, should,
1: we should get into that but but my point is um, that like the, the more nonsensical the lyrics get the better they fit in the music and that I can like justify I can sort of excuse it's pretty much what you were saying earlier where um, it there's 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 a reason for them sounding so goofy when you see on a page you know
0: yeah, I was going to say I thought that was probably the best guitar solo on the album
1: oh goodness I will back up I talked right over
0: no 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 I, I just because to your point I mean I don't think they're great overall but this one felt a little bit more
1: um fleshed out I do want to hear it so I'll back up You're right. You are absolutely I mean, right. I mean,
0: like, it's not you know like Hendrix or anything, but you know I thought no. that was a little more like had a little more like it felt like it was going from one place to another rather than just sort of repeating like a little kind of four note thing.
1: Yeah, there's. I think in last night actually, which I probably talked over as well, but there's a, uh, a gu- guitar solo that just kind of sounds like it belongs in a hard rock song. You know, like mm-hmm. it's very pentatonicy and like almost groovy. Like it just doesn't. White fit there. Um, but hey, the rest of the song around it is incredibly well done.
0: Right. Yeah, I, you know, and Hammond's a really talented guy. Um, I think That's he's kind the of the drummer? musical or no, that uh, the guitar player. I ah. always get the sense he was very much the musical leader. Um, and he has a couple of solo albums I, re- I thought were pretty cool. I listened to a little bit. Okay, um, But I, I, they, they have that thing I like about a band where um, I feel like they're good musicians playing like Way less than their max.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like like they
0: have a lot. I feel like these guys could play way more complicated stuff, and I always feel like that's a good thing for a band because then that because they're playing simpler stuff, like they're really like nailing it, you know what I mean? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like trying to stretch their chops, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, Nobody's showing off on this record.
0: No, no. It's very um Yeah. Yeah. Let's actually we need to get to New York City Cops, but that kind of requires a story. I did want to play um. Alone Together. Alone. Um, To me, like, when you hear this, like, especially the beginning, uh, like, the drums, the bass, both guitar parts, like, this is kind of cool where I feel like they they interlock a lot of simple parts and this sort of, like, clockwork kind of thing. And none of these parts on their own would be impressive, but, like, the way they interact together is really cool.
1: Okay. Here we go. love to hear the bass sounding so clear and punchy that high in the register
0: yeah he he definitely plays up on the neck a lot for a
1: bass Mm -hmm, player mm -hmm. which is cool
0: and normally you would get lost i think in a band that was heavier but because everything is so kind of mid-rangey and kind of like small in a way like the bass can really stand out yeah because like the drum one thing the bass like when you're recording you always got to worry about the bass and like say the the kick drum and the lower toms kind of interfering with each other but like there's no hardly any body to these drums you know what I mean so you don't really have to worry about that Mm -hmm. but even that little descending thing he's doing there is cool yeah yeah Well, let, yeah we should we brought up New York City cops and this is kind of an yeah. interesting uh like I said in many ways this this feels like to me sort of a time capsule and um here's another way in which it's a time capsule of a, a very uh you know crazy time post 9 11 in America in New York mm-hmm. City in particular um so um I actually have the this version of the album Kato sold it to me actually when he was getting removed um so there's a different I think it came out in the UK like this. It may have been put out briefly in America and then was either pulled or discontinued. Um, So the cover is kind of like a, you know, sexy lady, like with her hand and a leather glove on her hip. It's very much more provocative uh, Mm -hmm, than -hmm. than the kind of just whatever little stained glass window kind of thing they have going. Um, And then they had a song called New York city cops and we'll we'll listen to it. It's, um, you know, it basically, it's a line, like, they New York City cops, they ain't so smart. Um, and, you know, people, you kind of forget back then it was so much, like, NYPD was, like, everyone was, like, you know, wearing those hats and, you know, FDNY mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, you know, because obviously those guys were definitely, you know, heroes in, in the the weeks following uh nine eleven and all the first So there's just a lot of, like, sentiment about that. And I guess the label felt like the song was not... um Appropriate, so they pulled it off the album and it was replaced with Take It or Leave It, which is a solid song. However, I would say that I think it's sort of a shame because, um, you know, certain songs sound kind of like singles and certain songs kind of sound like album tracks, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like last night is a single, right? Or, yes. um, this is it is a single, you know what I mean? Or someday, um, yeah, yeah, some, you know, those seem like singles. I think this, it kind of robbed the album, I think, of something that could have been on the back half of the album that has like a very you know kind of catchy chorus and we'll we'll listen to it um it is available i believe is that the modern age single or something that is on Uh, spotify it's the
1: hard to explain
0: hard to explain yeah um so it is available but um i guess you just make a playlist and you know just replace take it or leave it though yeah anyway
1: i've um, always admired your ability to do that with records and albums i personally like i can't bring myself to pull different parts and like Mix my own record, but you did that. Have you done that with, with a Billy Joel record too? Did you do that with glass houses?
0: Uh, oh, I might've done that. I did it. I definitely do that. I did that with, um, uh, I think I put strawberry fields and, uh, Penny lane into revolver. Ooh. By the Beatles. Wow. <laughs>
1: um,
0: cause those were singles, you know, that was only a standalone single. Yeah. It was never on an album. Uh, huh. But it, it, you know it was kind of cool. It was the same time period. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I mean, you could recreate this basically. You just take off, take it or leave it. Which actually, I, I might take off a different song because I kind of like that song. But anyway, mm-hmm. let's hear New York City Cops because I feel like you know, I understand why it happened in the context of that time. Which you know, you kind of start to forget how crazy it really was at, at mm-hmm. that time. However, I would say that like this seems pretty mild. I would say, especially right. you know, in the current climate, and it's certainly not like Ice T's like Cop Killer or you know. N.W.A. You know, fuck the police or whatever. It's, it's, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like they maybe were a little bit oversensitive on this because it sounds more like just like, uh, guys that are just like pissed off because like they were smoking cigarettes outside a bar and the cops like took their dime bag of weed and they're just mm-hmm. like semi upset about it. You know, what I mean? like <laughs> more than they like they hate cops or something. Uh, you know. But you, well, let's listen to because it is it, a catchy song.
1: He's weirdly catchy for a record that they, or excuse me, for a song that they pulled off the record. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, to me it had like a chorus that, you know, it's just a very sing-along, like when, at the show, like he, that's something that's going to pop with the audience, you know what I mean? That, yeah,
1: definitely. That
0: very, and honestly, like, now that I've noticed it, like, the lyrics aren't really about cops at all. It's just like him, like, not. doing drugs with a girl or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, She's had time to go now, leaving an easy. So- I let go now. I got to let go. Like, there's nothing else that's about, you know, incisive social commentary. I guess in 2018, so says Wikipedia, um, uh, uh, Julian Casablancas said that it was written in response to the 1999 murder of Amadou Diallo um, on the oh, streets wow. of New York City by plainclothes police officers. He was yeah, a guy um, selling his wares outside of his apartment, and apparently they ran up on him and, uh, you know. Um, Yeah, that was... um,
0: That was... Yeah, I remember that well. That was definitely a precursor to a lot of the things, you know, that I was going to say. Um, Also, Springsteen... um, Bruce Springsteen released a song about him, too, called It Was American Skin, parentheses, hmm. 41 Shots, because they they took 41 shots at him.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Which all this is very, like, uh, super serious and um, tragic. And I guess... And, but, know,
1: but here's the thing, like... I,
0: I don't really get that from song. Put it exactly. the song. You know,
1: exactly. That's what I was about to say was, like, I understand maybe the sentiment came from a place. It um, feel, feels weird if, if you were actually going to write a song about the murder of a man on the streets of New York City to sing about your girlfriend Nina and doing drugs.
0: Yeah, it, like, like I said, it just feels like some guys that had some, like, minor league bummer and got something, like pills taken or something you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah uh but is, you know a
1: party song yeah it,
0: i i do think it would have been a better album with that song on it for sure and maybe one of the the lesser songs taken off um but you know those those times were it was a different time and and you know i understand right, right. the will probably be um skittish it, about that um
1: it reminds me of <laughs> um was it was it the coup that had an album release on nine eleven. uh And the original cover was, like, them with a remote explosive device exploding between powers. Yes. (laughs) Yes, the coup. Oh, my God. Man,
0: talk about an underrated great band. Oh, the
1: coup's good. Did you ever see uh, Sorry to Bother You? His Boots Riley's movie? Pretty good movie. Yeah. Pretty good movie.
0: Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I I love Boots is great. I mean, they were very, kind of, very political. Yeah, that was... um, I think they had like the detonator in their hands, if I recall. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say crazy. And nine eleven was crazy. Cause like, I don't know if this came out on nine eleven, but very soon. Dylan's love and theft came out at nine 11. Uh, Slayers. God hates us all came out on nine 11. Um, wow. But yeah, that, that was probably a weird, I don't know. Just a weird, a time capsule. Weird, yeah. Yeah. To probably have mi- obviously a lot of mixed feelings about your album.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, is there anything else you wanted to cover? I wanted to get, a, a quick read from you while we're talking over a song so is there one you know what last one or a couple last ones you want to pull into um
0: did we listen to someday you mentioned we didn't it. we didn't Let's i was listen- gonna say yeah that that seems like a a, a classic kind of strokes chorus mm-hmm. this, can, is the, this yeah the 50s kind of, i kind of get the 60s kind of like you know pop thing you're talking about yeah
1: yeah I don't know, I can just see doing, dun, like, dun, the jitterbug or something to it. Dun, dun,
0: dun, dun, yeah.
1: um, there's also a part, I will try to shut up around it at, I think it's like 140, when the bass just takes the main chord progression, yes. and it's just so...
0: It's cool. kind of rolling, kind of bass yeah, line. Yeah. I that in my notes. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: It's so, so good, but um, until then, I want to ask, so, like, you, with at least a couple decades of music knowledge... Um, You're pulling from a lot of stuff that I've never heard of before. And I I feel like we always find a way to say, like, you know, this this group did this before this. Or, like, this is influenced by X. Can you, like, for the Strokes in particular, can you source the sound here? Like, here's how I want you to try to do it is give me an artist from every decade, just one, whose influence you can hear in the music of the Strokes. This Mm -hmm. is it. Do you think that's... Is that doable? Like...
0: Uh, I mean... I don't, I don't know how influenced they were, but the kind of thin sound reminds me a little bit of Guided by Voices, who actually did record on a four track. Okay. Um, but this is much more clean than them. Um, right, right. Honestly, like, uh, I always think like people—they're very well-known band and they have some very beloved songs, but um, or we—I might step it on the. No, touchdown no, no. Color? we got
1: we got ten seconds until the bass solo. Okay. Then after that, it's yours.
0: Uh, all right, well, we'll just let it roll here. Yeah, this is Motown. Totally. Mm,
1: mm, mm. You just know the bassist, all the like 14 year olds who learned this song for their high school bands just had the biggest time getting all yeah. the attention when they broke it down to just the drums and bass.
0: Plus it's super easy. Yeah. You don't have to. I want to to the chorus and it's a bass line. I love that kind of descending bass line on the chorus. Yeah, that's a good chorus.
1: Though.
0: Yeah, man. Shout out to Nikolai Fretcher. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name. He's good. Um yeah, so I mean I definitely I don't guided by voices. I you know it's hard to know what these guys were listening to. Um Right. I you mean you know a band that is, I think they're a well known band and they certainly have certain songs that like everybody knows. Um, and they're, you know, pretty beloved. But um, I think Blondie is kind of an underrated band in some ways. Okay. Like, they made a lot of really good records. And some of the early Blondie stuff, um, like Ex-Offender. Um,
1: That's quite an album yeah. title.
0: Uh, well, that was a song. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but, um, or what's the one? Uh, yeah, Blondie, I can kind of, I can, there's some Blondie. Blondie's obviously also a very, like, classically New York, you know, like dreaming or something like that. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. That kind of a, uh, that melody of dreaming, dreaming is free. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So Bl- Blondie, I, I, I think I hear a lot of, you know, and kind of a, and he's also got that very like sort of low affect kind of hip thing that like Debbie Harry had, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're always just very cool and there's this sort of a sheen of cool over it. Like they never really break, you know what I mean? That kind of. They don't yeah. get too agitated because they're just very, like, hip and cool kind of vibe. Well, or, and so, because yeah, Julian
1: Casablanca is always drunk at the 7th Street Entry.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm helps. sure... De- I think Debbie was getting it in as well back in the late <laughs> 70s. Um, so, yeah, those would be two bands that kind of come to mind. I mean, I think okay. we talked about television, and they're certainly not as ornate or progressive. And no. I no. mean, ultimately, I, I don't think they're, you know, a fourth of the band that television is, even though I like the structure. Sure, but, sure. Um, but some of the guitar stuff um just being like kind of interlocking parts and and, uh, a sense of melody Mm -hmm. and sort of a you know more of a compact new wave kind of way um but yeah those are some things that you know jump jump to mind a little cool bit well me. that's what
1: i was all i was trying to get was like not necessarily can you read a book and you know connect the dots here but like in all the music you've listened to i'm really curious about especially in episodes like this where we don't have a guest where we're not trying to compare musics where we're just like digging into one if you can like just what comes to mind yeah. first what what you think of from earliest yeah. to most recent you know
0: yeah and i but there's always that thing too where you know people you know once they're fully formed and they have they've sort of developed their whole thing their whole aesthetic you know you kind of say well that reminds me of blondie or television exactly you know velvet underground or whatever but you know inevitably it's like you know they were probably listening to some like really like corny like stuff when they were like 13 (laughs) that you know would they be sort of like they probably don't talk about you know but you know yeah that like who knows like julian might have been not that this isn't necessarily corny band but you know they might have been a huge, like, Alice in Chains fan or something, you know, just being, like, 12 <laughs> in the 90s, you know. Shots so, like, I always feel like, you know, there's always, there's always, like, your influences that you kind of, like, tell people about, but then there's, like, you, the uh, other ones that.
1: <laughs> will you let one slip from your adolescence that's, like, yeah, I don't I like it. I don't that know. I, you know.
0: You know, I, I was, I don't know. I, I liked, I liked a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, when I was a real <laughs> little kid, you know, I loved, like, just because that was kind of the music that, you know, people's older brothers gave us and stuff was like some of the hair metal and like hell yeah 80s actually i sent you a scorpion song by mistake
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> what was, was that um in trance
1: it was in trance
0: yeah and here's That's the thing. a good one you, you mentioned corpse is good
1: that was that was a sick song you mentioned in the text that like here's a song we should play because you know originally it was released and there was a, a sort of a racy album cover and i'm like okay so yeah this this woman's <laughs> midriff with with uh you know, without clothing, basically in the in the leather glove, I'm like, okay, so that must be what he's referencing. But the song he sent me is Scorpions, and there is a woman on the front. I think she's yeah. exposing part <laughs> yeah. of her chest in she's front like, of the guitar. I I don't know yeah. what he's talking about here.
0: Yeah, actually, speaking of a band that had real, um do you have are you on the internet right now,
1: Jason? Am I on the internet right now?
0: <laughs> are you all? Are you ever off the internet, Jason? <laughs> Am I ever? Is off, that no. a better question?
1: Are you, All right, uh, we're going to
0: play a game. We're going to play a Scorpions game. I'm calling it Audible here.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I,
0: I want you to react to these two, um, two album covers, uh, and you're going to be like, whoa, this okay. is not cool. Scorpions, <clears throat> first one, Love Drive.
1: Do I need to open an incognito tab?
0: <laughs> not for this one, but the next one.
1: Scorpions, Love Drive? Yeah. Oh, that's one word. Yeah. Um... Doot, do to do oh my oh what the fuck <laughs> holy yeah. shit <laughs> yeah oh it's a david cronenberg bit
0: <laughs> yeah and the next one is i just want to warn you the next one's actually much worse oh um, god so the next oh boy uh the next one is scorpions virgin killers
1: oh come on that's definitely a cannibal like, corpse record. This one is like record. so
0: over the line, like '70s shit. It's unbelievable. I can't.
1: Oh no. Yeah. No <laughs> man. Yeah. Like I, I need said, to clear dude. The stuff got away
0: in the '70s is like bad. That is. That's. That's like messed up. That's
1: yeah. that's awful. It reminds me of. some... <laughs> so, now everyone's yeah. gonna
0: look up these albums. Like, don't do it at work.
1: Yeah. Uh, just you know, get a VPN Safe or something. Search, yeah.
0: yeah. Incognito tab.
1: Is, was every one of their record, uh, like the uncensored versions, was every one of their record covers like this? Because, yeah, there's... They
0: weren't uh, they weren't that bad. I can't think of many that are worse, but, you know, the 60s and 70s, it was pretty bad. I was but going to Love say, Drive is more, like you said, like kind of Cronenberg kind of where... Yeah, like kind uh, of weird freak out. I'd think that it was yeah. like
1: a, I don't know, uh, like a psych record or something like that. This is... <laughs> But then moving on from there. <laughs> All
0: right. This is great podcasting where we look at pictures that people can't see and talk about them. Um, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's great radio. I mean, I don't like this, um, but
1: I like it, the concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, that was a weird tangent. Um, so back to the strokes. Um, you, I guess what, in the end, at the end of the day, like what's your what's your take on the, the record and the band? Uh,
1: it sort of explains a lot of the bands that I ended up listening to in my late, teens early 20s from like vampire weekend to um what's their name uh car seat headrest to phantom planet it sort of like contextualizes a lot of that and i say that in reference to a lot of music that i listen to it's like very formative from this from this show um mm-hmm. i'm thinking about graceland i'm thinking about uh some of the blue oyster cult stuff that we listen to um but this in particular is like, oh, this is contemporary. I could have, theoretically, I could have heard this music when it released. I probably yeah. wouldn't have liked it very much because I was eight and I was listening to whatever yeah, bullshit, I mean, but I was listening to video If you grew up in
0: like New York instead of Indiana, you might have heard it. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> if I grew up somewhere that wasn't in the complete boonies. But um, it does, like, <laughs> my, my roommate was telling me about a time that one of his college friends uh, said, like, hey, I heard about this great new singer, uh, Julian Casablanca's. And he's got this band <laughs> called uh, The Strokes, and they've just made such great music. And my roommate's like, "Well, yeah, of course, everybody, everybody knows The Strokes. Like, this is not new to you." I feel like a little bit like that guy where I'm like, "There's a lot to uncover here. There's a lot of probably good stuff." If you said that their next record after this was good, and I know that, yeah, Room
0: on and- Fire, I, I think Room on Fire is is probably equal in my book i don't think that's everyone's opinion but okay
1: okay well i know that i like a
0: little heavier of an album but
1: i know that i like the ones that they made you know 10 years after this so yeah i i am intrigued Uh, there's nothing on this record that makes me think now i shouldn't go further you know um this is very approachable it's very fun uh maybe a little self-indulgent at times, but not in the kind of way that you hear, I guess like the whole fact that the lyrics mean nothing and yet sort of they've ascribed a certain importance to them does put me off from the character of Casablanca's a little bit, but who who the hell cares? I'm not, I'm not put like, you know, shaking his hand uh, every time I listen to his music. Right.
0: You know, to be honest too, like I noticed the lyrics so much more in this last week, just because I don't, when I'm prepping for the show, I, I think I'm just listening to records in a different way. You know what I mean? Right, I'm like right. I'm jotting down notes or I have like a little Google Drive doc open, you know, where I just kind of put down stuff. So, I mean, I heard this record a ton of times and the lyrics just kind of were like, you yeah, know, last night, you know, I just was sort of like, <laughs> yeah. not really thinking about what they meant at all. And it, it didn't really matter a whole well, lot think, to me. I think that you must know? be
1: exactly what he and the band were hoping for is just like, does this sound good against the music? Yes. That's all you need don't bother yeah. to find out what it's what's saying yeah. or what it's meaning you know yeah
0: i mean you know evocative cool sounding bullshit is one of the founding <laughs> you know things it of rock and roll really one of you the know? few
1: pleasures of music actually we're not <laughs> yeah. having to pay attention and still <laughs> yeah. getting to love it yeah you know
0: all the way back to you know what babaloo bop, bop with <laughs> little richard you know what i mean it sounds that's awesome great lyrics what you the hell know? does
1: sh- hey, your shave and haircut two bits even fucking mean guys <laughs> wow
0: yeah shaving a haircut. That's a Diddley beat. <laughs> um All right. Well, this I mean, this is kind of just a short punchy album so you know, it doesn't really like it's not like Gentle Giant, you know, it doesn't go on that long. So, um, <laughs> yeah. it kind of gets it gets in and hits it and um, you know, I think I, I had a lot of fun kind of revisiting this and it's sort of fun again like I said to to sort of revisit things years later, you know, where you were yeah. not so much in the context of of what was going on and I think it actually um I thought it held up much better even than I thought it was going to. So, thanks to um our listeners for voting for it and uh hope you guys enjoyed that. Um like I said, we're going to definitely have, you know, we're not abandoning having guests, but um I think Jason and I talked about if we're coming back for a second season, we we're going to try to think of some different formats, um maybe some past stuff. Like I'm sure we're going to do the um the listener picks thing, um, mm-hmm. where we you know kind of do the big playlist of like twenty listener picks. I've always really um, had a good time with those, and and those, I've always been introduced to stuff I had zero idea that existed on those, which I've always uh, appreciated about those episodes. So we're we'll hit that again, but um, and we're you know we're going to be booking some cool guests and everything else. But you know, let us know what you think uh, in the Discord or on Twitter or whatever, because we're just thought we'd try to you know some new things and see what works but um yeah this actually this is a blast you know and it's not an album i would have picked but um you know i actually realized i did listen to this album so much at the time mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um it is it, it does stand up so well that's thanks to our Go i was ahead.
1: gonna say that's that's exactly the magic of like this whole concept of hey community source us albums hey help us narrow them down um you know we love talking about music either way uh and if it's something new, great, if it's something well trod, it's like you said great to get at back with fresh ears um i sh- i should mention actually I'll say it at the top too, uh edit it in at the top, but uh thank you very much to twitter user soda pop for suggesting um is this it uh because you uh you found us on twitter, you voted in our poll um you made it happen uh as did everybody else who suggested between twitter and discord and reddit um keep it coming we will let you know when we're uh sort of sourcing for more uh and in the meantime like matt said keep looking out for uh, great album v album guest oriented yeah. episodes
0: yeah and also um you know we'd like to thank our parent company is hansen our parent company <laughs> um, uh min dri- driver um
1: <laughs> master i don't know how you want to call him
0: yeah no he's he's our you know he's uh He's Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, and we're Dennis Hopper, basically. <laughs> Whoa. Um, uh he's a great man. He's a great man. Um, I'm a little man. Uh, <laughs> so I go to. Uh, I'm getting way off track here. Um, this but, is excellent uh, podcasting, man. I would I encourage you to go support uh, Minmax on Patreon, patreoncom slash M-I-N-N-M-A-X. and they are also you know speaking of new types of content, they're really uh, they, they're doing a lot of different stuff and, and mm-hmm. trying out some new ideas over there and. and covering all kinds of cool video games culture movie stuff um so yeah please check out min max you know they're on youtube they're all over um and we're always happy to be working with them and uh, uh you know supporting them supports us so we appreciate all those that do um and yeah until next time thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you in a couple weeks